thrills make me wanna shout. Kick your heels up and Welcome back, listeners, to another exciting episode of Bills and Beers, the Buffalo Bills podcast. Here from the Bills backers of Chicago, Illinois, we are way off schedule recording on a Wednesday night instead of our usual post game on a Sunday at a bar. But we're all together for the first time since October 30th. The holidays, the bye week, and Monday night football have really wreaked havoc on our schedule, but we are back to talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars win at New Era Field. I'm Lars. Joining us tonight, the lovely Miss Cassie Hutton is back from Florida. I need the Wi-Fi password, please. And the president of the Bills, backers of Chicago, Sujit, is also here. We got to win 11-5, and five, baby. Search for Bills and Beers on Facebook and on Twitter and subscribe on iTunes. If you haven't already, tell your friends, tell your loved ones, tell your neighbors, tell everybody you know in Bills Nation how you found us. And if you are listening, use the hashtag BNBSM. It's the best way to stay in touch with us on social media. And we do have a social media listener of the week to receive the final Bills backers of Chicago T-shirt. But don't stop using that hashtag. You can still be our listener of the week gang let's not waste any more time it's been a long time since we've all talked and talked about these buffalo bills and we got a win to go over come on and shout yeah so the two and eight jacksonville jaguars came into new era field this past sunday and scored their first touchdown on an opening drive in 25 tries they were very efficient on third down in the first half, and that kind of extended a little bit in the second half as well. And our offense was not a whole lot to write home about, but we did get the win. Woo! But as we've highlighted here briefly already, it wasn't a pretty win, but there are no style points in football or any sport that's not figure skating. So, Suge, we'll start with you. Before we get to the positive, let's go over the negative. Who was your Jenny Cremail bummer of Sunday's game? All right. Well, you know, I, I have trouble because there was so many things that went wrong in the first half and then a lot of things that went right. Um, I am going to give it to Tyrod Taylor again because I think that he puts us in these situations where our defense needs to play perfect. Uh, he then did come back in the second half. But So how about this? I'm going to give it to the first half Tyrod Taylor. Oh, my God. Are we going to waffle on this like we did last time? Yeah. No, we're going to give it to first half Tyrod Taylor because I can't remember anything about the game. So all I remember is that we won, and I was happy about that, and I wasn't happy about the way that the offense played for the majority of the game. No. Uh, so I'm going to give it to first half Tyrod Taylor. Um, he needs to be able to play at some level of consistency. He can't play great and then bad, great and then bad. And he needs to be able to make throws with his arm uh, sorry he needs as to be opposed to, to sorry, no, he can't punt the ball no he needs to be able to make plays with his arm not just with his legs um and you know yes the throw to sammy was a great throw but it was also a great catch uh sammy adjusted to that ball he slowed down which uh made the cornerback slow down and allowed him to get a little bit of a push off on him uh and create recreate that separation otherwise that's an underthrown ball uh there were way too many th passes thrown by tyrod that were behind the receiver that just, you know, we just weren't high-quality passes. He had and then a, not lot, to mention, a lot of issues. He had not a lot to, of yeah, issues And not to mention Sunday. the fact that he just looks so indecisive in the first half. That's what, It's all coming back to me now. <laughs> that was the one thing that I actually remembered was just thinking, God, he looks like he's looking someone. No, oh, that's not right. Oh, should I run? Oh, uh, uh, no, maybe I'll throw to that person. And then by the end, it was like, okay, yeah, the only person you're going to throw to is the checkout. checkout yeah, guy. And, and I will say this. Since the All-22 has come out, the Jaguars' defense does deserve some level of credit here. They are 
a relatively talented unit. They have a lot of high draft picks on that side of the ball. But he's also just not throwing guys open. He's not putting the ball in space. He's not letting his guys make a play. The three times that he did, we got a, well, sorry, two times. The, the pass interference, I was initially counting as the third time there, but that was just a poor throw on his part. If the ball would have come out sooner, it wouldn't have been a pass interference, and he would have had a lot more yards. But the touchdown pass to Justin Hunter and the pass to Sammy Watkins, like, throw it up. Let your guys make plays. Crazy things happen when you do. Yeah, and I don't know what happened at halftime that made him suddenly get the balls to do those things. But, I mean, he's got to have that type of confidence. And if he throws an interception or two more, I think we'll all be able to live. I mean, there was uh, someone on the stadium wall posted the the touchdown-to-interception ratio. And he's, like, third in the league. But the the quarterbacks that he's around, he's nowhere near as good as. Yeah. Because of the fact that the only thing he doesn't have, his denominator is so low. But I'm he sorry, has so few interceptions. To, to be meaningfully ranked in that category by week 12, you have to have thrown at least 20 touchdowns, and he hasn't. Yeah, exactly. He's thrown half that. You way. know, I think it was a throw to Charles Clay, right, that Jeff, I remember Jeff was yeah. texting us like like crazy yeah. about it. It was, a, it was a sideline throw to Charles Clay that if it was on time, it would be an easy catch and run. Uh, but the problem is that he waited and waited and waited until the guy was wide open, and then he let the ball go. And then, of course, because of that, the corner was able to close on it, like, essentially instantly. Yeah, and this is, I mean, I, this has been the discussion on Tyrod Taylor for a while now, and we're not saying anything new here. It's very frustrating. I don't know if he can fix it. Maybe he was a little hamstrung missing his weapons all season long. We'll see what happens with Sammy, who, of course, missed practice today. But it, it, as the running game goes, so does Tyrod Taylor. And we can't, we can't possibly live without Shady McCoy with him playing the way he's been playing. It's, it's absolutely true, and, and nor do we want to. I mean, that's the identity of this offense. This offense is built to run. Um, but the, the one thing I will say, we talked about this last week, how come Tyrod can throw to certain receivers and can't throw to others? He threw a couple great passes to Sammy, you know, and he threw a, a, like a, 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 he finally connected on a deep route, and for some reason it was to Sammy. Maybe and he's got, got good uh, chemistry. Chemistry with Robert Woods too. So right, maybe it is right, a right. So maybe issue. it is a receiver chemistry issue. I I, I, I don't know, but I don't know um, but all I know is that he, well, whatever. He needs to be able to play with the people he has received. Maybe that's why they got that Logan Thomas guy. Yeah. Although I think yeah. So more on that later. We'll see. Cassie, coming over to you now. We haven't heard from you live uh, now for almost a month. Uh, your Jenny Creamel bummer of Sunday's game. You know why I'm going to give it to this guy? Because it almost cost us the game, and that would be Dan Carpenter yeah. and missing the point after attempt. I literally throughout the rest of the game, I was like, oh, God, that's going to come back and bite us. It's going to come back and bite us. It's gonna, and it almost did. I mean, we were lucky to convert on that two-point conversion. Um, I actually love that play call. On the two-point conversion, I thought that was great. Yeah. Um, and I love the fourth down play call at the end of the first, oh, yeah. second quarter, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, both of those. So I, I, I'm pretty happy with, with the way that the outcome came out. But missing a I know it was windy at the Ralph for New Era, but Dan Carpenter's a seasoned veteran, and he, he can't put us in those positions where we're relying on our offense even more um, to, to get us the win. So. Well, I'll, t I'll tell you what, Cass. Um, as I mentioned uh, before we went live here, um, I spent some time last night with the gentleman over at the Rockpile Report. If you haven't already downloaded their podcast, please do so. Hi, boys. Yeah, you sound hot. <laughs> um, he told us everything. Uh, and uh, I had written down because they, they, do, they do their hero and zero, and I wrote down three, 
just in case. And, but I went first, so I got to talk wherever I want to, and that's who I'm going to talk about here next. But I wrote down Dan Carpenter as one of my three just in case. And my reasoning there was, just like with Tyrod, as you said, Suge, he makes our defense have to play perfectly. And I, I totally agree with that. You know, the defense hasn't been this Rex Ryan world beater, and I think a lot of people have, have really been pissed off about that. And, and, and Unfortunately, I kind of brush that off because most of it's like, well, Wex promised we'd have a number one defense. Okay, okay, Rex Ryan said something in front of a microphone that didn't come true. Okay, let's, let's, you know, let's grab our pitchforks and head up to the windmill. So instead, we play a brand of football that is control the ball and try to limit the opponent. We don't turn the ball over and we try to limit the opponent. We don't try to get into shootouts. Rex Ryan wants to play the kind of ball where if we outrun our opponent and stop our opponent from scoring, we're going to win. Rex Ryan wants to win every damn game 13-3, to okay? Which leaves virtually no margin for error. And it doesn't leave margin for error from the defense. It doesn't leave any margin for error as we've seen from the offense because we've lost games like that this year, notably the Ravens game. But I wrote down Dan Carpenter because, like, we don't have the margin for error that either, either. Like, we can't give up a point. You know, and I can't blame Rex for coaching that way because we don't have Aaron Rodgers back there. We don't have Drew Brees throwing for 5,000 yards every year. Yeah, it's the right game plan for the people that we have on the field. Completely agree with you on that. So, uh, completely agree with you on Dan Carpenter because this team cannot afford to leave points on the field. It's trivia night here at Toon, so if I'm competing with the Quizmaster, all apologies. My... Jenny Cremel Bummer of the Week. It was the same one that I gave those guys last night, and we can't stress this enough. Jonathan Meeks' safety play in general for this team has been an abject liability now for the last two seasons, and once Aaron Williams was taken out of the lineup last year, or once he was taken out this year, it's been a goddamn nosedive, and we need to fix the position, and we need to fix it fast. I will say that uh, Ehedigbo, is that how you say his yeah, name? He's, yeah, he's been, he's he been, has been serviceable. Good. He's been pretty darn good, I would say. I mean, he's been in on a lot of plays. Um, he's made he's made plays by himself quite a few times. So, I mean, for someone who's been here two weeks, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not complaining. And maybe and he's not going to be a leader. That's the problem. That Aaron Williams was an actual leader in the locker room. Yeah. You know, and that makes a huge, huge difference on that field when it's a communication. You know, if you're disagreeing with the guy that's been there two weeks, you may you know, kind of brush off what he has to say. But when Aaron Williams used to tell you something, you'd listen. Yeah. So so I have a question, because I, I think if we go back two years on the podcast, Corey Graham, we all thought, was going to be a remarkable addition to the Bills. And what has happened to him? I was on record last year saying that Corey Graham was a liability. And it's it's because he's mostly good. Yeah. But it's when you're safety, you can't give up plays. And I think I said this pretty much verbatim last year on the podcast, which is, when you are a safety, you can't screw up. Yeah, I'll, that's fair. Uh, he's definitely not elite. That's why uh, he was able to get pulled away from another team. Right. But he's good he, enough. He's good enough. And, you know, you compare him to people like Duke Williams. He's not like one of those people, you know. And we haven't – I don't think we've ever given Corey Graham our Jenny Cream Ale. Right? I, ha I have. You I have. definitely have. Okay. Oh, yes. So, I mean, I just don't, I see him as being, yeah, he makes some mistakes, but he also makes some plays. You know, he's maybe just a little bit below. No, you know, he's not below average. He's not a below average. Hell safety. no. No, he's, 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 he's absolutely average, average. Or a little bit above average. And, and so, he's been better this year than he but, was last year. But in Rex Ryan's defense, you have to be an amazing safety. Yeah. Or, right? or you need at least one out there. You need and even, one. And even Aaron right. Williams isn't amazing. 
but but he he knows what he's doing and he's smart and he knows how to you know to talk to the defense and things like that. So I agree with you. I mean, I'll, that's why I'm excited about maybe this headdigable guy. You know. Because um, maybe he's just he's a good soldier, you know, and maybe that's what we needed. Cass, coming back to you now, you wouldn't know it by how we're talking about it today, but we did actually win on Sunday. So you're Labatt Blue MVP of the contest. I'm giving it to one player because of one play. Uh-huh. And that is Lorenzo Alexander. Oh, tell us more. And the reason why is I'm trying to think. It had it been third, fourth quarter, and you guys are going to need to help me with this. It's a little rusty. But uh, we, it was a third and long that we needed to get a stop, and Lorenzo contained. He contained the play oh, and yeah, pushed yeah. it back to the inside, and we were able to go three and out. I think they got like four yards. They needed seven or something like no, that. No, 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 no. I know exactly. No, it was like third and one, and yeah. they, they tried to run a pitch play. And he contained the outside, forced him back inside. Forced I think Darius got the tackle. For, yep, exactly. And it was a moment of pure pride and joy to see a linebacker hold position and and bring the play back into where we had 100% coverage. It was it was a moment where I, I, I remember and I was just like, wow. Cass, can I ruin your night real quick? Oh, was, why was that? Close your eyes. Uh-huh. Now imagine for a second that it wasn't number 57 out there, but instead was number 90, one Chris Kelsey making that play. Now imagine what the outcome of that play would have been. I'll I'll tell you, touchdown Jaguars. I was going to ruin her night by saying that. Imagine it was number 55 and it was going the other way, (laughs) and he's massively over-pursued and did not hold contain like he always does. No, I I I took it a step further, man. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, but it was just it was for for the struggles that we've had in that position and within that specific play, it was just really great to be like, oh, oh, wow, they they they're not getting first down. Okay, we're forcing a punt when we needed to. So one play, one player, very very happy. And it should be noted here that the Jags actually, as as I said before, they've got talent all over the field. They've been losing games. They've been been losing mostly close games, and they've been losing games because they turned the ball over. We couldn't force a turnover to save our lives. So they were a tough out most of the day on Sunday because they're not a bad team. They've just had a bad stretch of – they're basically the anti-Raiders, and we'll get into that a little bit later on. Suge, your Jenny Creamnell bummer of Sunday's game. All right, I'm, I'm giving it to Shady, but I don't want to go into that because I want to talk about somebody else. Um, so we'll talk about Shady as a group collectively because, I mean, when someone's that good, it's just very obvious that he's our year Labatt blue player for all of us. He's like the number one, but we're trying to be a little bit more insightful than, than that. So I'm actually going to give it to Justin Hunter. Um, all this guy has done is scored touchdowns. Like we, we were talking about the fact he has like nine passes and five of them were touchdowns or something like that. Some, some ridiculous proportion of passes that were he touchdowns. Does, he does not have five touchdowns, but yes. He doesn't have five, but he has. he's had the a big portion of the passes that he has gotten have been touchdowns, which means he is a red zone threat. And on this team that has been struggling so badly in the red zone, both on offense and on defense, and we talked about it starting with that Seattle game where there was two weeks in a row where we were not able to score in the red zone despite yeah. having the ball at first and five. Suddenly here comes this guy that can get the ball. Tyrod has learned to just throw it up there and let him get it. Maybe that's why Des Lewis got activated this week, you know, and uh, and we picked up that Logan Thomas guy. So I, I think that maybe we're starting to see of how we can score in the red zone, and maybe Justin Hunter was that revelation to Anthony Lynn. Interesting theory. Um, 
I'm giving my Labatt Blue. He's got four touchdowns, you bastard. Oh wow. Well, like I said, he doesn't. He does not have five. The one thing about that Justin Hunter, so I, I completely agree. I think it's a great pick. Was the fact that he scored a touchdown on a pass where only the wide receiver could go up and get the ball. And I swear we see that all the time. I remember I text, texted you guys and I'm like, I'm so goddamn sick of seeing the CBS like cut in to be like the play of the game over oh, yeah. here is this and blah blah blah. And you see wide receivers make unbelievable plays and all this stuff. And when we scored that touchdown, that was Justin Hunter going up, getting the ball, bringing it down, and scoring a touchdown to where only the ball was thrown to him. And I don't know if that's Tyrod. I don't know if it's a little bit of him um, actually making the play on the ball, but that was such an exciting moment for the Bills to be like, okay, we finally have a, 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 a ball thrown. Wide receiver goes up and gets it. I'm giving my Labatt Blue MVP to a guy who had one really good play, but a guy who has been very consistent. He hasn't done he hasn't done anything amazing, and he hasn't scored a big touchdown for us, but he was a late acquisition who has been very steady in the punt return game of talking, of course, about Brandon Tate, who did set up our first touchdown when when it seemed like there was no hope on the offense. He had a long run back that put us in position. Now, we're going to talk about Shady for a second uh, because he is, he is the engine that makes the offense go. But first, we have to talk about Marcel Darius. And we were missing him at the end of the game. And I mentioned it last week, Suge, when we were here at Toons talking about it. This defense is so much different with him on the field. It's just so much better. I mean, that run game just gets shut down. Um, he, you know, he is a beast. He is a monster. He is he is unlike any any other player on the field. He's just better. It's just not normal to see a guy that big be able to get sacked the way he can. I mean, he's had, he's had a sack in both he, the games. He's three and a half sacks. Yeah, I mean, and he's playing nothing. You know, like you'd expect him, like, oh, he's got to take some time to get back into football shape, and yeah, maybe he can run block, but he's not going to be able to pass rush. No, he's got all of his moves still. You know, he's 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 playing at an elite level after sitting out for a very very long time. Uh, so, but let me ask you a question: for how much we're paying him, isn't that what you expect <laughs> from him? Like, I'm not going to give him a Labatt Blue player because I'm like, yeah, you, that's what you are paid to do. That is your job. Yeah, but he's doing it. I guess. I mean, like, He's doing it well. I mean, do, you, do you do you think that New England says that about How you? Like that rock pile. Do you think that the New England says that about Tom Brady? I mean, like, it's, they're like, oh, here's a hundred million dollar quarterback. Of course, yeah, of course. But but he's still like, yeah. But Tom Brady doesn't miss half the season. No, he only misses a quarter of it. Yeah. When <laughs> okay, but let's we got one of them. Let's talk about Shady. Shady, first off, Shady, uh, we need to actually give him fewer carries, I think, because he he fully admitted that he was gassed during this game. Now, Mike Gilsley was out. Jonathan Williams came up in a couple big spots. And actually, you know, I, I, I've always liked the way that Jonathan Williams runs, and he came up big in that fourth down play. We would have benefited greatly from having Mike Gilsley in the lineup. But um, Shady, we're going to need him. If we're going to make a run here in the end of the season, we are going to need every last bit of Shady. So if it means he's getting, you know, maybe 15 to 20% fewer carries over the next couple of weeks, we are going to need those carries in the last four weeks of the season. Well, and what an opportune time to talk about the video that uh, the Bills posted of the, you know, kind of the one-on-one -on -one with Shady where he you know, talked about the fact that, yeah, he did have some issues when he was first traded here. And it wasn't so much about the bills as it was about the fact that this was his home this is the first time he's left his home um 
in Pennsylvania. We may have to change the Bills bar that, <laughs> that we watch at. We've recorded at Tunes now twice, and the wings are amazing. There's TVs everywhere now. I mean, it's not big enough to hold us because we're so goddamn awesome. Uh, but we ordered six wings. We got eight. Now, some days you get seven. Some days you get five. You don't get eight. You don't get eight. It's we a got eight. beautiful thing. Um, but I will say that, you know, he talked about the fact that it wasn't so much about the fact that it was going to Buffalo. It, yeah, it's a change in his lifestyle because Buffalo is not Philadelphia. Um, but it was the fact that that was his home. That's where he grew up. That's where he spent all of his time. That's where he was always great. Um, and to do it in a situation where he's still a great player, um, it makes you wonder. It made him wonder, why am I, why am I, why am I in that situation? So, but then he went on to say, but you know what? Now I'm here, and I'm here for all the right reasons. Um, that was the best. That was the best quote. I'm here for all the right reasons, and I want to be the answer. I want to be the. Sorry, sorry. Can I interrupt? Uh, all the right reasons. Uh, is he on the show, The Bachelor? Is he here for all the right reasons? Wow. Do we, do we I, have, I, I, had to, I had to throw it in there. Do we have one rose? I can't believe she interrupted my rant for that. <laughs> yeah, to make a bachelor <laughs> joke? Yeah, our, our audience will be thrilled. Like, damn you. Um, all right. No, but he's, he's here for, he says he's here for all the right reasons. And the other thing is that he's like, oh, I don't have that championship. And I see the passion of the, B- the Buffalo Bills fans, and I want to be that guy. And you know what? He's just arrogant enough to think that he single-handedly can bring this championship to just like LeBron James thought. Well, Jesus, if we you get know? it, I mean, and he's on our team, he's, he's going to be he's a big reason, reason why. You know, and so, but that's, you know, I, I posted on the Bills Backers of Chicago Facebook page afterwards. I was like, we need to keep this together because he, incognito, would, John, Jonathan uh, Miller, sorry, Miller, um, even even Mills to some extent, you know, like he might get replaced. We can change the window dressing, but we got to keep this core together because I think Tyrod will get better. I think that he's going to grow to be like he's just because you played backup for a long time doesn't mean you could start right away. He's going to get better as that second and third breed becomes second nature to him. Uh, when first is not there, then suddenly he's going to be throwing over the middle because he's going to say, oh, yeah, no, I, uh, the first one wasn't there, but I, I quickly moved on to the second or third read. I've seen this before. I've done this before. I've, been, I've had this in my face before. Um, you know, this game slows down for these guys, and so I really believe that that is going to happen. So, God, if we can hold this together, I do think there might be special things coming. Well, let's hope it happens soon. Tyrod now has, what, 25 starts under his belt, so... Um we're, we're going to need it, and we're going to need it fast. If we lose that game, are we saying the same thing about Tyrod, that we'd be okay with him for next year? Because halfway through that game, after the first quarter, first half, I was like, I don't think we could re-sign Tyrod. And it's like, oh, we come back out, we win the game, we do what we, do what we need to do to win the game. I, I still don't. I don't know. $27 million is a lot of money. It is, and I don't, we got five games to decide because he sure as hell hasn't proven it in the first 11. Well, so here's the thing. One is way that, or the other, by the way. What I, what not, I, not that he's not worth it and not that he is worth it. What I texted you guys at the end of the game is that he's going to – or no, sorry, at the beginning of the second half. Just because we said all this, just to piss us off, he's going to suddenly start doing things in the second half that make us think that he has capabilities. Like he's going to start throwing guys open or just Rush letting players. Rush for a players, touchdown, yeah. 62 yards down the sideline to Sam. Yeah, I mean like everything Amazing that we wanted him to do. Um, you know, and so it just doesn't, it doesn't, it, it was just to anger us and to make us not be able to have a coherent story on our podcast. Um, but go, go Tyrod, go. Yeah, go Tyrod, go. Here's the thing. Is he better than Brock Eisweiler? Yes. Is he, you know, and so 
these are who else is out there, right? We've had nothing. I agree. And do we need serviceable? Maybe we can sit with serviceable because Ryan Fitzpatrick loses game for his teams, right? Tyron Taylor does not win games for his team, team at least not often. Uh, maybe he will in the future, but he does not lose them because he doesn't. He, he, you know, if you have a perfect defense, he'll play really. He'll be adequate, especially when you have Shady McCoy. Um, so. The amount that we're actually paying him per year, we're paying him nothing this year. We're not paying him adequately this year. We are not playing him commensurate to no. how well he's playing this year. And he's it, not playing great, but he, we're paying him nothing. If, if he remains about the 20th highest, highest paid quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, you can't complain. No, you can't. Look at complain. the 20th worst team in the league and look at their quarterback. Like, right. is that is that fair? So he is better than the 20th quarterback in this Absolutely. league. Absolutely. And so I think that you just get over it. You hopefully will find someone, continue to develop people like Cardell Jones, uh, and find people in the draft, and if he doesn't pan out, if he always stays mediocre for five years, we've already we'll, we will have gone through two years with the twenty-seven million that we paid him. Which it's what it's twenty-seven million. I don't, I don't know. Plus I don't know. Nine million or something like that. No clue. But then the rest of the contract is less than Brock Osweiler's. Yeah. You know, and so he's getting paid the right amount of money. And until we have another solution, we just have to suck it up and let Tyrod play. Amen. Should we talk about EJ right now and the fact that he did make an appearance in the game? No, no. <laughs> EJ. Uh, as Jeff said, it would not be a Jaguars game if no. EJ did not make an appearance. Poor guy. Okay, well, hey, we, speaking of Jeff, we, we're not going to hear from Jeff this week. We are going to hear from Buffalo Bill Belcher. So um, let's get him on the line here to go over his Bills, Bills, Bills. Do you know the bill who exemplifies the bills? If you want to know, then just chill. It's time for bills, bills, bills. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for bills, bills, bills. It's the part of the episode where we touch base with Buffalo Bill Belcher up there in Bruce City, USA. And he tells us who his bills, bills, bills is. It's the Buffalo Bill who Buffalo Bill believes embodies what it means to be a Buffalo Bill. Bill, how are we doing up there in Milwaukee, Wisconsin? Oh, we're doing good, guys. We're doing good. I really want to say boys. We're doing good boys, but uh, Cassie just kind of had to ruin it. Yeah. It's, it's okay. Boys is, and guys, it's, it's just a generic term. It's, it, it means everyone. And Cassie's got some new fans, which you found out about the other night, too. We'll tell you about that later. Hey, boys. It's, al- it's always amazing to me when people get bothered in a business or professional world uh, when you say, hey, guys. Um, but it's directed toward women. I mean, I, I just say, hey, guys, like, hey, like, people. People, you know? people who are offended by that are the wrong kind of people. Who is your Bills, yeah. Bills, Bills for this week? So I'd love to uh, I'd love to get creative with this one, but uh, I'm just going to get straight to it. And um, my Bills, Bills, Bill for this week is Tyrod Taylor. And, um, you know, the, I don't think you need to – I don't think you need to get too uh, deep with – uh, why he is uh, a perfect exemplification of our uh, franchise. But, you know, when it comes down to it, we really wish he's going to turn out to be uh, an above-average quarterback. We really wish we are going to be a good enough team to make it the playoffs. But when it comes down to it, we are what we are. He is what he is. We are not a playoff team, and he is not a – uh, above average quarterback in the NFL. So, in other words, just the Sisyphean experience over and over again, never quite reaching the top of the summit. Yeah, sort of like my life. 
<laughs> Bill's gone kind of dark today, so I, I mean, you could have spun that a different way. You could have said that we're all just hoping, we're all just wondering, and and nobody really knows. Nobody, nobody knows if it's second half Tyrod or first half Tyrod that is going to be the Tyrod over the next ten years, or will the Tyrod that we see over the next not ten years, that motherfucker ain't playing no ten years, but uh, over the next five years. Will it always be first half and second half Tyrod? Will it be completely variable within the same game? Um, will he start to see the middle of the field? You know, just like these Bills, like, wow, is this Rex Ryan team now with McCoy and all that, is, is it finally coming together? Are we finally getting the chemistry? It, yeah, we thought that with Ryan Fitzpatrick, too. We thought that, oh, a couple more times with Sammy, uh, with uh, Stevie Johnson and, and Ryan Fitzpatrick playing together, they're finally going to get the chemistry and... Fred Jackson's going to be great enough that he's, you know, and, and we're finally going to make that run. But nobody knows. But isn't hope what pervades the American working class experience that yeah. is so prevalent in Buffalo, New York? Isn't that what gets those people up out of bed every morning when it's 20 degrees and there's 36 inches of snow on the ground? Isn't hope what keeps everybody alive? Let's let's face facts here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but then like you could say you could say Chris Kelsey exemplifies the Bills because he brings his lunch pail to work. Like yeah, exactly. Chris Kelsey, absolutely. Chris Kelsey did exemplify the Bills. Absolutely he was the he bills. was a living, breathing Buffalo Bill. goddammit. it! And thank yeah. God, no more. Yeah, because it well, was bad, I mean, right? It was so bad, but he was like so. That's what we were talking about. Like that, you you want him to be great, right? And yeah, you want him to be. Actually you want up, the Bills to be as good as he is as a person, you know? And, like, and he came up twice on this podcast with zero prompting. But, Bill, you also have to close your eyes and imagine a world in Buffalo wherein you don't live in Orchard Park and your dad's not a corporate attorney. Uh, corporate would be the wrong way. Um, hey, yo, you know what else, guys, is the thing is um, it, I, I'll, I've got to I've got to give a little shout-out to uh, – one of the one of the guys I was out at a happy hour with uh, one of my clients, who's uh, from Grand Island. Yeah. And I was he's a he's a new fan of Bills and Beers. We so just started listening. Like as um, of tonight, I, or he knew of us already. No, he just started listening a couple weeks ago. Nice. Because uh, nice. I, I I prompted him to. I keep reminding him. I had to remind him a couple times. But he's probably going to be listening. And um and I asked him before uh, before I left happy hour. I was like, hey man. All right, like if it was you and you had the microphone, who would be your Bills, Bill, Bill, or in this case, Vince's Bill, Bill, Bills, Bill, or whatever, what have you? Vince. Vince's Bills, Bill, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and here's the deal: is he said, interestingly enough, Lashawn McCoy, hmm. because of because of the momentum that has been gained, um, and he just wants to sort of ride that wave. If he would love, maybe it's wishful thinking. I don't know. Yeah, it's very but optimistic. He thinks, he thinks that we're going to ride that wave a little bit, um, or is hopeful that we'll be riding that wave uh, with, uh, with 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 Sean McCoy. So, it's interesting know. you say that, Bill. I was actually just talking to someone at this um, uh, charity event, not charity event, uh, this Liver Foundation event uh, last night. Uh, it was just a black tie gala. No, 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 it, wasn't, no it, it was no not fancy. It was, it was, it was actually not bad at all. Uh, uh, it, was, it was, it was at the top floor hey, of Sears there, Towers, uh, on top of the house. I don't know, Shane. It's not. No, it was for a nonprofit. It's just, <laughs> it's not a charity event at all. Did like, you wear a tuxedo? No, yeah, no, okay. no, no, no. I just went straight from work. Do you drink? 
Yes. Do you drink at a liver foundation? <laughs> Did you dress in a giant foam liver con- costume? You guys should know that the American. So I probably shouldn't get into this too much, but but yeah, liver doctors like the conferences gets a little wild. Yeah, well, alcohol is keeping you guys in business. That is true. Yeah, man, because they take all of our. No, money, hey, it doesn't matter. You know what's keeping us in business medical. is actually these wings. Okay, these wings it's are keeping us in business because. The number Everyone should community. know that the number one cause of liver transplantation in the next 20 years will be fatty liver disease. Yeah. So we should all know that. It's a G. But that's from sugar, You isn't work it? for a bunch of crooks. From fatty... <laughs> Shut up, Bill. All right. Now, so I want to talk a, more about fatty liver disease. Yeah. Um, but so, hey, wait. Hold on, we're going to go back to Bill here. Bill, you were here at a happy hour. Um, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. I had a point. Oh, and that was, I, I was at this event, and I was talking to this guy who... Uh, played for Alabama for a couple of years. He uh, was a free Humble safety. Brag. He was a free safety. I said, "Do you want to come back and and, and play for the Bills because we could, <laughs> we could desperately use you?" Use you. Um, big dude. Uh, and he was saying, "He's like, you know, you guys are just a few players away. You need a play a, a, a wide receiver outside of Sammy Watkins, and you need Sammy Watkins to be healthy. You might need a free safety, you know. But the pieces are all there, including your coach. Your coach is fine. Your coach knows how to coach a team. It's just that." Everyone's got to buy in, and then everyone's got to learn the system like it's the back of their hand. So I think it's in- interesting that he picked LaShawn McCoy and that in the same week, LaShawn McCoy said, I want to be the person. I want to be the person that makes a difference on this team. I want to be the person that they ride to, to, to win a Super Bowl. So, hey, who knows? Who so knows? Far, so Crazier good. things have happened. Bill, what were you drinking at tonight's happy hour? Oh, gosh. Um... I was drinking, what weren't you uh, drinking? I drank an ale syndicate. Um, nice. Uh, Sunday, Sunday session. I drank, um, I don't know, a couple different IPAs. It was a, a smorgasbord. Oh, you know what I drank? It was really good. Um, the 8-Bit Pale Ale. Yeah. Do you, you guys ever hear that? I've, heard, I've had it. What's the brewery? 8-Bit? Is that what it's called? Is that, That's not a lakefront, yeah, is it? That's not a lakefront out of Milwaukee, is no, it? No, no. It's... No, it's no Chicago. I was in Chicago. Yeah, I know that, but Lakefront distributes outside Milwaukee, don't they? Yeah, that's a true story. Hey, you know what I got in my fridge right now, though? What's what are you that? drinking, baby? I got one Buffalo and Blue Light in a Zubo's can. Nice. You know what I got in my fridge right now, Bill? Something. Um, something I was. You have leftover cider. Leftover cider from uh, yeah, I do. three from, weeks ago. From Krista and Phil coming over. Yeah. Um, yeah, I actually, I have from our little trip to Milwaukee last weekend that I was schooling the Rockpile Report on, I got a couple of spotted cows left. Nice. Dude, I don't like the new I label. I love that. I don't like the new, like, yellow label. I like the old green one. Yeah. I agree with you. It's bad. Excellent. Uh, the, whole, the, whole empl- the whole employee-owned thing. Bill, what's your thoughts on the on the game coming up? Oh, uh, gosh, dude, playing the black hole. Um, you know what I think? I think is That's if what there's you going do every night. Game, if there's going to be any game that we're going to win this year, it's going to be this game because our players are going to be fired up. Like, they can't wait to go in there and wreak havoc with this team. No one they, – they, they want to get on the media map. And whether or not they fall off the media map, you know, is a different story. But our boys want some media time, so this is a perfect spotlight for them. I think they're going to rise to the occasion and win the game 34-13. to 13. 
Wow. I'll drink wow. to that. I'll I will drink, drink to, to that. that. I will say that, you know what, I, the only reason they're going to win is because none of us expect them to win. Yeah. Nobody I, expects them to win. I like how Bill's happy hour made him really happy. Really happy. Because I don't know about that, buddy. Except about Tyrod. Well, Bill, we'll be checking in with you after the game on Sunday. Remember, it's a late game, so we'll be checking in late. But until then, go Bills, baby. Go Bills. Well, we're coming up on the end of the episode, which means it's time for the wild card portion of today's episode. It's the wild card! And this is Bills and Beers. We talk about the Buffalo Bills, but we do so drinking beer. We're back at Toons this week. Toons has some delicious wings. Suj and I had some wings between breaks here, and Cass had some chicken tenders and wing sauce. Which were equally wonderful. Yeah, holy crap. Holy crap. Actually, is that that leftover? Is that your no, that's all you, chicken baby. finger? Okay, I'm That's all you. No, that's none of that's been bitten into. It's all been pulled apart. So Delicious. the question is for draft in uh, April, May. I don't remember when it is. Uh, if we ousted Bird's Nest, we're going to try little tunes maybe? Maybe. Yeah, we, we do usually prefer Bird's Nest, uh, another great wings bar here in Chicago. But I'll tell you, tunes really hold its own. However... Uh, Lincoln Station's uh, rotating tap menu on Sundays really can't be beat, so we kind of slim pickings on the beer selection this week. So Suge and I are both enjoying the Gumball Head from Three Floyds out of Munster, Indiana, which I don't know if if, uh, our listeners are familiar with. I know most of our listeners are in the Eastern time zone, so I don't know if this is something that's distributed as far east as you guys go. It's it's a pretty um, regular beer out here in Chicago, but it is very delicious, very smooth. Uh, it's got a nice little bite to it. Uh, Suja, I don't know if there's any other details you have to offer. I, I just kind of enjoy drinking it. So Gumball Head is um, kind of a wheat wheat style beer, a little bit. It's not it's not like Blue Moon Weedy. Um, just took the last I'm sorry. Fine. I was okay. done. I ate the sorry, hell out I'm of that sorry. thing. I just let the waitress take the scraps that you were so excited That's to eat. That's all right. No, no, I ate them all. Um, so Gumball Head is like a, it's a, a wheat ale, if you will. A um, little bit more malty, a uh, little bit of sweetness. Uh, definitely still has a hop character to it. The three Floyds that probably most people know is the Alpha King. Yeah, that is their their flagship. It's not cheap. It's it's because it, it's great. Um, but they have a they have a, other people may know uh, people who are fans of stouts may know of the the Dark Lord. That's this exceedingly rare, exceedingly hard to find, exceedingly expensive. Like just released. Like people go to the Three Floyds Brewery and. And get a single bottle of it is, and, is and walk Munster, away. Is Munster like right on the line? Is it right on? the Yeah, it's right over. It's okay. right over. So the you know border. that there's like a uh, they do like a bicycle trip from Chicago to Munster to go to the the brewery, which is not like the sweetest ride. Like you no, have, it, it you would have be, to ride on sh- like roads to get there. It would be fine if you didn't have to ride your bike home. I mean, that's the other thing too. Is then people would like turn around and ride the forty miles back. Yeah, it's that, kind of insane. The, the second half sounds horrible, uh, but I will say that that yeah. Uh, you know, go down there. It's a nice area. Go over to the uh, county line apple orchard while you're down there. Enjoy that. Bring the kids. Send the wife with the kids to the apple orchard, and you go to the. Uh, hey, who knows? You know what? Cassie's like you, sexist bastard. Or yeah, you got a wife like. Send me. the husband. Send the husband to go there. Yeah, or just everybody. Take the kid out. I, I genuinely lobbied my wife that uh, my daughter should be able to come to the brewery with me, but. It was bedtime. It's a, it's a good. There's happen. some good lessons to be learned there. There's some chemistry. There's some e- economics that you. you I will say the tours. first brewery tour I ever went on uh, was actually the Coors Brewery in Denver, Colorado, Golden, Colorado, in Golden, Colorado. Sorry, and 
It was. I went there when I was there for a it's scientific conference with yeah. a bunch of immunologists. And Coors, I will have to say, unlike like the Miller Brewery tour, where just like every five minutes you hear like a can opening and you hear their Miller time, you know, like Coors was like talking about the germination process for their for their barley and their and their hops, and they were talking about how they maintain certain temperatures. It was very much like a scientific lecture. Like it was it was very cool the way they handled that. And then, so different breweries have different you know approaches, but Coors was very cool, and I would hope that Three Floyds is the same. So just so you know, uh, Sujit, my sister went to college in Golden, Colorado. So you took what they call the long tour. As college students, they typically took the short tour. And what are you drinking tonight, darling? I am drinking, uh, I believe you guys said you had this last week, but I'm drinking this Shiner Holiday Cheer. That's right. And um, as great as Tunes is, I do feel like they probably need to work on their copywriting because there's lots of hints going into this beer. It says, hints of Texas peaches and pecans with a hint of holiday spice at the end. So two, yeah, two or three hints <laughs> yeah, going in there. A little, yeah. little too much hinting. At some point, you're just going to give the whole thing away. But it is lovely, and everyone knows that that's actually Lars's favorite Christmas beer. It is. As, uh, that is only if you listened last year or last week. Or last week. And it's my favorite Christmas beer, Suji, because it reminds me of you. There let's, you let's go. Just, let's See? Just, let's just put all oh our Oh, my God. Table. Okay, so as we get into the wild card portion of the evening, uh, I want to just address something from last week's wild card. <laughs> I am not a Muslim. <laughs> okay? <laughs> not, not, not that we have any problem with no, Muslims. No, no, there's anything no, wrong no, with that. nothing, nothing. At least four to five of you guys on social media like, yo, tell that Muslim kid to start praying to Allah and tell, uh, who is it, Cassie to start praying to Trump. And it's like, this got out of hand. Okay, listen, I am a nice Hindu boy, okay? I, I Most of our listeners don't know it, the difference. I know. And that, that, is what, that was the whole point of the joke, okay? Was that, that, that the Trump Gestapo, when they come, they're not going to know. They're like, oh, you're a Hindu? No, you're a sand. Oh, wait, sorry. And they're going to throw me in the bus, okay? But no, officially, all you people who are making your lists are getting on me on record. No, I'm officially not a Muslim. Not that there's anything wrong with that. And Cass, we know that you got a direct line to those people making yeah, the list. Yeah, and Cassie... So. Cassie makes nobody feel better whatsoever because at the end of uh, our podcast, we text about an hour later and I say, hey, could we clarify on next week's podcast that I am not, in fact, a Muslim? And Kathy Cassie sends a text back and says, yeah, I was wondering about that. I thought something had changed. And then like sends the bitmoji of the guy like rubbing his chin, like confused. I was like... She wrote me down, didn't she? <laughs> she wrote me down, now she has to erase yeah, it. Yeah, yeah that bitmoji was, was more of her thinking, oh boy, I got a bunch of calls to make now. <laughs> yeah, it was written ink is the issue. Like, please tell me it was that papermate erasable ink, okay? <laughs> so uh, we're playing the Oakland Raiders this weekend, and the Oakland Raiders, boy, they're having themselves a hell of a season. And, and I personally think we're going to win this game, and we'll get to that later in predictions, but mostly because like everything has gone their way, and that has to stop at some point. They have, they have won by hook or by crook these close games. They've been pulling things out. Like It's got to end at some point. They're, they're going to at least stub their toe at some point. I mean, it has to happen. It's the law of averages here. But I say all this to say that I, I, I'm okay with it. I mean, it's, it's another AFC team. Um, they're kind of like the Bills. They've been fledgling of late. But I think they're kind of like the Bills in that they're one of those franchises that t- that other fans don't root against. I mean, there's there's franchises like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that most everybody else is just, like, completely 
not what's the word I'm looking for? They, they're uh, apathetic. Apathetic. They don't care. They don't care. But there's there's franchises out there like like the Packers, like the Bills, and like the Raiders. These old franchises that I think that most if you're a fan of another team, chances are you don't dislike these teams unless you're a fan of like a division rival i mean that's that's something different but yeah but if you think about it even division rivals don't aren't like oh the bills are the worst everyone just hates the pats in our division so. yeah so i think the well, i think the the raiders and the bills share that in common and i think it's okay and i'm looking forward to this week's game i hope the bills can play well but if if the raiders end up doing well i'll be totally fine with it and i'll root for them in the playoffs so we're going to kind of switch things up a little bit on this week's wild card and talk about Outside of our own team, your favorite non-Buffalo Bill, past and or present. Cass, we'll start with you. I'm I'm ready to go. And uh, I like this guy. My dad really likes him as well because he's been on his fantasy team for multiple years. Uh, but is Larry Fitzgerald. Good pick. I, you know what, drafted in 2004, only play for the Arizona Cardinals. Seems like a really good, you know, good guy. Doesn't really get in a lot of trouble really quality player someone like that just you would want on your team and you know if he ever came to the bills or if we had a player on the bills like him he'd make me really happy he's, he's a good go, go-to guy future hall of famer too future hall of famer um he like does those uh university of phoenix ads he just went back to school um even though i went to university of Pittsburgh, i thought he graduated from there but maybe not but overall you know you just gotta root for the guy can you do a qu- some quick research is he a pennsylvania guy or did he just go to Pitt? uh let me give me give me a second let me look suj do you have your favorite non-bill queued up no why don't you go ahead I was, i'm thinking about debating between two so I've been thinking about this. I've been thinking about this since we started talking about it. And as we talked about franchises that we like outside of the, of the Bills, one that I used to, used to like but don't really anymore was the Seahawks. Uh, I'm just throwing that out. It's apropos of nothing. Uh, F.U. Richard Sherman. But uh, this guy I keep coming back to... Um, and I just I feel kind of dirty saying it, but I kind of like him a lot. And I'm a Pennsylvania guy. Everybody I know loves the guy too, and that's Big Ben. I kind of like Big Ben. I like how he plays. I like that he's always like, oh, I'm really hurt. Oh, boy, I'm hurt. And then like, oh, two weeks later, I'm fine. I'm going to play through it. It's like, no, you were never really that hurt in the first place. And I kind of like that a little bit. I think he does play through injury. He's tough. Like he hangs tough. He's kind of a scumbag. But I kind of like the way Big Ben plays. And I'm I'm not ashamed to say it. As I as I rack my brains trying to think of somebody, that's the only person I can really come up with. So um, my person has pretty solid character. <laughs> Lars is pretty poor character. So that might show you the difference between male female perspective on this one. Yeah, questionable. But also because I'm a girly man, so. I'm going to actually go with – I actually had some difficulty with this because, you know, there's decades of football that we've talked about. So I want to mention people like Dwight Freeney, you know, people who were just good players um, and, you know, didn't end up causing a bunch of trouble for their teams or, or, or were, were, were nasty people off the field or weren't always in the media. Uh, but I'm actually going to go with – can I say Sean Merriman, even though he wasn't a Bill – he was a Bill for a period of time? Yeah, sure, why not? Because, I mean, he was on the Bills, but he wasn't a Bill for that Didn't long. Didn't he, like, choke slam Tia Tequila? Oh, yeah. Yeah, but your guy raped somebody. Yeah, so. I was going to say. Cassie, <laughs> Cassie's the odd man out <laughs> Never here. mind. Okay, fine. Actually, I'm going to go with Dan Marino. <laughs> no. What? Yep. No. 
What? He's not a mean person, is he? Are you serious? He's not a bad person. Dude. Is he? You have uh, Barry Sanders. Uh, you've got so many people. Jerry Rice. Yeah. So many other people I from like that his era. Commercials. Bro, Joe Montana. Joe are you Montana? kidding me? And I, I kind of like the Uggs commercials with Tom Brady in them. Lars, you just died. No, like, I, Lars. No, that was that was way worse. No, it's not. not Dan Marino, our, I always had a healthy respect for dude, because he our, was good. Our listeners who trend twenty to thirty years over, older than us, they are to Dan Marino what we are to Tom Brady. Wait. You cannot, you cannot say a nice thing about him. Lars owns Uggs. So what? But Don Dan Marino wasn't a freaking girly boy the way Tom Brady is. He wasn't like a whining little bee the way uh, Tom Brady is. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all listen. I'm older than all of you fuckers, okay? <laughs> so I definitely watch those games too. And so I mean, he was he was just good. Like I mean, it was like that mutual respect. Oh, he was thing, damn good, you know. And so like even though we kicked their butts, like Dan Marino was always like this this thing. Like I remember when we would try and sack Dan Marino, it was like. Well, if we got one in that game, it was like the best part of the whole game because he found a way to get the ball out of his hands and, and, and all that. But he wasn't like a little prissy boy. He was a football player, you but, know? Yeah, because he's from Pittsburgh, baby. <laughs> okay. he's, a West, he's a Western player. Okay, guy. and he was also part of that 1983 draft, right, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, when everybody and came out. And so, and, I, and, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to stand, stand with it because Sean wow. Merriman doesn't count. And so I'm going to say... Yeah, someone's going to fucking kill me. Yeah. Gonna, this is what happens because I'm going to say that Muslim pick Dan Marino. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but here's, here's, here's how you know Dan Marino was great because we all agree that Dan Marino was a great quarterback. Here's one of the ways you know. Here's a great question that kind of solidifies it. Name the greatest running back to play on a Dan Marino Dolphins team. Oh, wait, you can't because they never had one. Right. But I'm sorry. How did they ever do? Did they ever win the AFC championship? No, nah. I mean that they did. They did one year when they won his the Super Bowl. His rookie year, but beyond that, no, because they couldn't get through the freaking Buffalo Bills. That's right, because their era of domination ended just like the Patriots will someday soon. We all hope, even though Tom Brady's going to play till he's sixty-five years old, because he wears those Uggs. So we're going to Oakland on Sunday. It's the late game, which I have mixed feelings about, mostly negative ones. Um, prediction time. I think the Bills are going to win this game. I think that I think that the Raiders are due. I think that Derek Carr's pinky will play a factor, and I think one of two things will happen in this game. Because one of two things the Raiders haven't done this year. They haven't blown a team out, and they haven't lost a close game. One of those two things is going to happen on Sunday. And I hate to say it, but it came up last night when I was recording with the Rockpile Report. I see this one coming down to a late Dan Carpenter field goal. I know. Jeez, God. <laughs> that was my reaction too, Cass. I think we're going to win. And I think that we're going to ground and pound them a little bit because I don't think we can play their game. Final score, Buffalo 27, Oakland 24. So I understand what, you got, what you're saying and, and kind of what Bill said, but I, we're kind of like feeling a little bit more warm than lukewarm about Tyrod Taylor. Feeling like we're getting some momentum going. Their and defense sucks, by the way. <laughs> Outside Khalil Mack. Yeah, and we've we know how Tyrod's performed against other very bad defenses as well. Well, we've been able to run on bad yeah. defenses at least. Yeah. So. Uh, and Gills is looking like he's going to play. Except again. for Miami. Um, Which okay, let's. Can we talk a little bit about the Miami loss? We, it's we not talk- looking so bad now that they've won, what, seven, six games in a row? 
They're doing uh, I mean, they, just fine. Yeah, except again, it's been squeakers against really crappy teams like the Rams and last week against the Niners. I, yes, to an extent, Suge, and their defense, not not the poor part. And I have said, and I will continue to say, we lost the Miami Dolphins game because we ran 22 offensive plays in six drives in the second half. So I, I think we're going to get back to my prediction. Yes, please. Yeah, okay. please. So um, <laughs> I wish I could be on this train with you guys, but I think I'm, r- I'm going the other way on the train tracks. Um, 27-13. Bills lose, and that Monday, which will be my first day at a new job, is going to be as depressing as hell. So just so you know, that would be their widest margin for victory this year. Yes, you said that they haven't blown out a team yet. Well, uh, it's going to happen. Okay, yeah, I said that was a possibility for sure. So I don't, I I disagree. I think that it's going to be a close game. Uh, So I'm looking at these stats, right? Uh, And I'm looking at their offensive stats, which are just, just, Quite quite well, quite very, very good. Points per game, fifth in the league. Yards per game, fifth in the league. Passing yards per game, fourth in the league. Rushing yards per game, tenth in the league. Uh, but then you look at their defensive stats, 23rd, 29th, 28th, 26th. There's nothing that they're better than 23rd in the league at defensive. Yeah, league. they're bad. You look at our offensive stats, you know, 8th, 18th, 32nd, and 1st. Of course, 1st is rushing yard. And lowest is passing yards. And when you're first in rushing yards, you're probably going to be pretty lower on on passing yards. But most of those, you know, if you took that average, it's going to be in the teens. And then you look at their defense, the 13th, 10th, 8th, and 21st. So, again, most of those. So we're just a much more evenly balanced team. Um, and I think that when our offense isn't doing so well, our defense suffers. So I actually think that against this defense, if Sammy Watkins can play, if he can at least be a threat out there even if he doesn't make a lot of plays if he can play i think tyrod will do some special things against him i think that we are going to double and triple team khalil Mack because the rest of our line can handle its own so we're going to have our tight ends we don't expect any passes to tight ends this week because you know they're yeah, going to be they're going to be seven man protection yeah they're going to be sitting on Khalil right. Mack the entire time so what i'm going to say is that the bills offense is going to score more points than they usually do so we're going to get up to that 27 range and our defense then our offense is also going to stall at times and then and their offense is going to take advantage but our defense isn't going to bend the way they do they give our defense gives up 21 points a game and the raiders average 27 so they're i'm going to say that they get 23 points this game and we get 27 so one point off from my prediction. It was a long way of saying one point away from my prediction. There was substance to it, though. <laughs> yeah, much better than mine. We do. I, wait, I like how Sujit thinks that we expect that they're going to be balls thrown to our tight end. I, I, yeah, I, I'm done with that. Yeah, yeah. That was that was not that was not on the list of expectations. We do have a. I'm, I said it was not going to happen. So. Uh, we do have a social media listener of the week. Keep using the hashtag BNBSM and Brandon Meister. We know you're listening, buddy. We'll send you a T-shirt someday. Uh, but if this person listen, said, we're gonna find some new prizes to send you. Okay, so don't s- worry about it. I got, I got T-shirts. I got T-shirts. I thought you were down to one. Oh no, oh. I got T-shirts. Okay. Oh, oh, never mind. The then. social media contest is back it's on. Still back baby. on, baby. We got five more weeks, and this week's winner, if he sends us his address, this might maybe our first international shipment. 
And I don't know if he was just spending uh, Thanksgiving in Wales or oh. if he's a permanent resident, but he tweeted us from Wales to say Happy Thanksgiving and use the hashtag BNBSM. So if you want to be our social media listener week, that's all you got to do. You'll be entered into the running. This, of course, goes to Matt Williams at Sporting Glasses. Matt, again, I'm not sure is a if he's a resident of Wales or just a visitor to Wales from the U.S. of A., but he found us, he listens to us, and he calls us a lovely bunch of Billsies, which makes me think that he is, in fact, not American. And we will ship internationally. So, Maddie, send us your uh, address. If, if you are hearing this and want it, uh, just shoot us a tweet, and we'll follow you for a direct message. You don't have to send your address out to the world. And uh, who was the guy that we met at the draft? <laughs> we met like four people. The, 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 no, there was only one guy from England that we met at the draft. I know it was, from it was Mike. He was from yeah. Scotland. Yeah. It was Mike, right? It wasn't Matt. I don't know. I don't know. I thought maybe that might explain why someone is maybe listening this, to us in maybe Wales. If, if Matt, if you're the guy we met at the draft, let us know that too. Bills and beers is the best way to find us on Twitter, on Facebook, and on iTunes. Subscribe if you haven't already. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your loved ones, tell everybody you know in Bills Nation how you found us. Use that hashtag BNBSM to contact us and to be entered into being the social media listener of the week. It's been fun. We got the late game on Sunday. Playoff hopes are still alive. We're back, baby. It's gonna be. It's gonna be December, and we haven't been mathematically eliminated, so that's something to drink to. So until Sunday, we talk to you again on behalf of Buffalo Bill Belcher, the long lost but not forgotten Jam and Jeff Day down in Austin, Texas, who we didn't hear from. The lovely. Hey, boys. Cassie Hutton and the president of the Bills backers of Chicago. Who is not a Muslim? (laughs) I'm Lars. Go Bills. Bills make me wanna Shout!